Uh, last night, we had in the fellowship hall a report from a number of our 43 local and global mission partners. And I was, um, I was proud to hear how many of our mission partners are engaged in those places where uh, there are so many unreached people. As God has guided us to the selection of our mission partners, um, a majority of them are serving in places where, uh, difficult places, uh, where um, the gospel needs to be heard. Uh, we have some of them here this morning. We decided to do a panel. Uh, oh, and by the way, there are 280 unreached people groups represented in our country by immigrants and international students and other people who surround us every day. So we have opportunity before us. Um, I want to introduce to you our panel. Uh, rather than having a one, one speaker, we decided to let you hear from several. Uh, Mike Schrage is a director of Good News Productions. Um, and uh, they produce and distribute Bible-based digital, video, and print that serves 80% uh, of the unreached population. The way they do it is they create uh, videos and audio messages through stories um, that goes out available on cell phones and on iPads and those things that in the most remote places in the world you'll find people reaching in their pocket and pulling out their cell phone. So there's one way to do it. Um, Stephanie Freed is the director of Rafa House, who is supported for some time. They're committed to ending trafficking and sexual exploitation of children through uh, aftercare of survivors and prevention in Haiti, in Cambodia, Thailand, and Myanmar. Uh, we've visited them several times and seen the new life that is in these girls who have awful past because of Jesus in their lives. Um, Diwas is with Central India Christian Mission, a large mission in the middle of uh, India. And they are under a lot of tension and stress these days because of governmental changes to make uh, India more Hindu and a whole lot less Christian. <laughs> so uh, they're doing a lot in uh, India, in Nepal, in Bhutan, in Bangladesh, and uh, mostly Hindu nations, and they're doing it through holistic outreach and evangelism. And CY Kim has been with us several times. CY is with Christ Reaching Asian Ministries International, CRAM, we call it, serving Southeast Asia in China, in North Korea, in Russia, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Philippines, mostly Buddhist and animistic countries uh, through evangelism and holistic ministries. And we're going to hear how it is that they go about uh, reaching the lost for Christ. We've had a wonderful time this morning. It has been a true honor and privilege for me to... Um, well, just spend time with this group and the others who are not up here on the platform, but who are in the booths out there. And uh, you just get, need to get to know these people, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are serving and making an incredible difference around the world. So we're going to try and get through a couple questions, and uh, I'll stay out of the way. We're going to start with Stephanie. And the first question is simply this, how does your mission introduce or engage non-believers with the gospel? Yeah, first maybe I can just say that where we're serving, especially in Southeast Asia, they are coming from a Buddhism animism mix of worldview. And at the very center of this belief is a thing called karma, which says what goes around comes around. 
So the girls come through our gates when they're rescued and brought to our gates, and they believe that they have done something terrible to deserve the bad things that have happened to them, to be sold to that massage parlor or whatever is whatever the trauma has been. It's on them. It's their fault. And so we have seen over the past 15 years that um, there's only one key to freedom, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so we do everything we can to show Jesus to these girls. The song that we sang this morning, I am a child of God, that's who I am. Um, that's what we're doing with our girls because we know if, if they can understand that their worth and value is in being daughters of the King of Kings and what God thinks about them, the truth about them, then that will override that old belief system that I am so innately bad and I deserve what I get. And so it's, it's huge messages of Jesus loves you, constant Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, you are a child of God, and that's where we start. Stephanie, approximately how many girls are trapped in this trade across the board? Yeah, UNICEF says that every single year, more than a million children, it's actually almost 1.3 million children are disappearing into slavery every single year. Um, but for Rafa House, it's about one, one, one at a time. I, I can't imagine the pain uh, of that 1.3, 103 million. So. Okay. Mike, tell us a little bit about how Good News Productions is engaging or helping us engage people. Yeah, right. We uh, first, as a family, lived over in Kenya for 20 years, and uh, during that time partnered with GMPI. One of the issues we had in the 90s was the legalization of abortion being considered by the government of Kenya. And we asked ourselves, how could this be something that would really set the tone of saying there is a different way, there's another option, and we not give up the kind of prime property that we had done in the U.S.? and letting that be legalized. And so we actually set it to story to a movie, and this was picked up by the educational ministries there, and it was put on national television. And then with the help of prayer and with the help of our missionary corps and with missions around and through Kenya, uh, it was decided by our president at that time that it would not be legalized in Kenya. And so it was an issue that was burning. It was one that was relevant in many families. And so this, we felt, was a relevant issue to deal with, and we are very thankful that with partnership uh, and with prayer, it was up until now still something that in Kenya you cannot have an abortion uh, legally and the unborn very much sanctified. And that, all, and that all happened because of telling a story that could be heard and seen by... Exactly. Uh, we all love a great story, and we all love a story that grabs at our heartbeats, but we also love a story that is very real. So it was told by Kenyans in Kenya with Kenyan language, with Kenyan drama, with Kenya backdrop, and they could identify it as, this is us. This is our story. This is our point in time to make a difference. Terrific. I have a question for Mike. Uh, you, you had mentioned a couple conversations ago about the cost of a production in India that was broadcast to a number of people about the Christmas story. 
Just mention that, the details. I forget what they were all. Right. We do this uh, every Christmas and every Easter. There's two times a year that uh, Christians come out publicly and can do so even with some of their uh, material. And so because of the quality, we're allowed on national television, actually three different stations to allow that to be aired. And so we tell the Jesus story about his uh, birth and about the uh, resurrection. And the cost is that basically it costs about $4,000 to get this on three stations that they estimate the viewership will be around 40 million. And we have wow. a callback mechanism where people who are interested in the program will call and leave a cell number. And we actually work with our brothers over at CICM and then other ministries and parcel out those numbers of people who are interested because they've been touched by the program. And so, yeah, for $4,000, 40 million get to see and hear about Jesus. Pretty big bang for the buck. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dean Wass is with uh, Central India Christian Mission, and when Brad and I were there, they were celebrating the very first graduating class of their nursing school, and it has just gone gangbusters ever since. They're doing a lot for the kingdom. Dean Wass, tell us what you do to engage unbelievers. Uh, we, since long time, like, we have been uh, seeing a lot of changes. And this time, uh, through the government, laws have been changed, uh, which has made it a little difficult for us to get uh, direct gospel uh, presentation, but still we have churches, we have uh, leaders, pastors, evangelism, which are going through uh, the house-to-house -house evangelism program a lot. But in spite of that, we have a house, uh, uh, we have a, a hospital ministry, which is serving a lot in that area. We have one hospital in the entire region for, uh, for having only one ICU room in the whole area. Uh, in the hospital, we just got a small baby child being thrown just within a day or two. She was just thrown in the, um, in the hospital stairways, and then we picked her, and we just kept her for five years in our, one of our homes. And she was raised and taught, and she was in all the way good. She was cute. She was nice, and India has a lot of reason to leave the child like that because they don't like girl child especially uh, so because for many reasons so she was brought up very well and uh, India as it changed its rule we were forced to give the baby for adoption so one of the richest family in the town they came up and wanted to take that girl and they were Hindu doctor both the parents were doctor and they wanted to take the girl back to the place. We were, it was very heartbreaking when we knew that because she has loved the Lord all the days in her life and she was so nice and it was really heartbreaking for us when she left the area, she left the home. So uh, we were praying for her and recently when we came here, we got a call from the pastor from the region saying that the whole entire family came to Christ. And <laughs> yes. And we wanted to know how, and uh, they, they said, like, the child, the girl was very dear. She was a princess, and the family would do everything what she says. She was so nice. She won the heart of the family, and then um, she wanted to go to church. She asked the parents, I want to go to Sunday school. So the parents took her to the Sunday school, and they were uh, uh, also being taught with Jesus, like they were also being touched with the Jesus, and the whole family came to Christ. So this is one of the ways, and there are many ways, but this is one of the ways how God has 
led us to, to reach with the love, a small touch has made a lot of effect. I love that story, don't you? That's, that's awesome. I've known C.Y. Kim since I was a teenager. Uh, he was in our home when I was growing up. Um, my home church supported he and Patricia in their ministry, and so I have a warm spot in my heart for the things that they have accomplished through the years. So, C.Y., what do you do in South Korea, North Korea, China, and Philippines to uh, engage non-believers? What? What Tom tried to tell me that how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have uh, really wonderful stories for you to hear. I want you to know that I am not qualified man to be missionary. That's what I need Jesus. I married to my wife last uh, 51 years ago. We are parents of nine children. <laughs> five boys and four girls. And we have a four biological children and five children adopted. Not because we couldn't have our own children, not because we had a big house or lots of money, but the making disciples from unbelievers. And I have to practice to, to show my love through Christ by adopting five children. Now, to raise the nine children, tell you the truth, it was really difficult at the small house with uh, limited uh, missionary salaries, and uh, that's why I lost a lot of hairs here. <laughs> but I have a wonderful wife who raised the nine, and I baptized all of my nine children. They became disciples of Jesus Christ. impacting unbelievers from the home first. When I was in China, there was a very smart a Chinese young student raised a question and challenged, challenged me, and he was a Buddhist. And he said, missionary, if you show me the God you believe, I will believe that same God. That means that if I don't show him a God that I believe and he will not believe. He is a learned man. I said, son, I have two questions. If you answer these two questions, I will show you the God that you can see him. Number one, I want you to know where you came from. You came from your father. You, your father came from your grandfather. Your grandfather came from great, great grandfather when in your family genealogy, when you go up on top, there was a God. There is a table because some carpenter made the table. There is a cause, there is an effect. You are not here on earth coincidentally. God made you with his plan and with his purpose. If you do not believe that, I cannot show you the God you're looking for. Tell me, son, in your body you have a lung, you have a heart, you have kidney. If you believe that, that these organs in your body came from the monkeys and cows, I cannot show you the God. But 
This is, this is the original things. It's not fake, it's not artificial. Your lung and your heart, your kidney are original organs that made by God. If you believe that, I will show you to God. But if you believe that my body came from the monkey, there's no way how I can show you. So need the wisdom and the knowledge and how we can challenging the young people in China with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, I wish we were not a time constraint. Um, I could sit all day and listen to what has been accomplished. In a couple more minutes, because we have an international group that's going to make another presentation, just in about half a dozen words. Uh, Mike, I'll start all the way down there on the end with you. Just real brief. Give us a discipleship tool that works. In Indonesia, there's 300 million Muslims, and we are creating 20 videos that are five minutes in length that are for children and then for their parents. And so they watch them. They are allowed to download them on their devices. They can then be given opportunities to download more of them. Uh, then at one point, there's a question that says, would you, as a pre-follower of Jesus, as one who's interested, like to connect personally with someone who is a follower and knows this Jesus more? And if they click yes, then there's immediately a connection between their cell phone that can happen and a cell phone of a believer. And so when people have been praying for them, now it goes from the digital connection and teaching to the coffee shop conversation. Awesome. Stephanie, how about you? We steal resources from them. So, <laughs> so thank you for supporting them. Um, and we're going to steal more after today. We've got a lot. We've got things cooking. Um, I, w I just want to say that I, I walked on this stage this morning wiping tears because there was a father sitting behind us during communion time explaining communion to his small child. And... Um, the children we, the children, that was precious. The children we serve at Rafa House, they don't get to have their parents in their lives. Some of these parents have sold them. They're, they're disconnected from their families for some reason. And, and they don't have them. Our greatest resource in telling them about Jesus Christ is our house mothers, our counselors, our social workers who all love Jesus and who are standing on that wall for them every day. So I would say that's our greatest resource. Yeah. Terrific. Uh, we have a Bible school at four of the campuses around the country uh, where we teach them in the local native languages so it's more easier for them to follow up uh, because you know India is so much of diversity in language and culture so it's very it's easy for us to go into their context and to teach them. And we have developed a program called Ignite, which is basically uh, a, a year program, which is basically on discipleship. And it's a very good program, and we do a lot of follow-up, and a lot of leaders have been come from that program. Uh, it's a lot that I can tell you, but the time is very short. You can walk over our booth. The booth is right there. Uh, we can be happy. We will be very happy to uh, give you more information about that. Thank you. CY. We have to provide uh, spiritual resources for those who became disciples of Jesus Christ so that they can get more mature. So I have to use the Bible in here. Now, this is the smallest Bible you ever seen that I smuggled from China into North Korea. 
No matter how good eyesight you have, you cannot read it because it's a small uh, uh, words. So I have uh, here a uh, magnified glass here. <laughs> I try to share with you that how lucky, how easy, and you, the, the country and church where you're living, and uh, to make sure that, like my wife said at the communion table, let your religion cost you something. One day I smuggled in the Bible into North Korea. There was a woman, grandmother, whom I have acquainted in the past, asked me one day, he, she said, do you have book for me? Evidently in the past I didn't provide a book for him, but this time she re-asked me, do you have a book for me? I said, grandmother, if you keep this book in your home for reading purpose, if a policeman ever come to your home or somebody in your labor reported to the police that you have the Bible to read in the home, you, you are asking big trouble, grandma. She said, and in my home, there, there are not much food left over. She said, I ate just one meal a day. She said, when I was in the hospital a week ago, hospital didn't have the medicine. She indicated to me that her life is limited on earth. I said, what are you going to do if I give you that book? In your home, you do not have no electricity. You have to use a calcium lamp. Your eyes is not that good, even though you can use a magnified glass. Tell me, what are you going to use this book for? She said, when I will be die, I want to hold in my hands with that book. She never went to the Bible college. She never weared a title like a missionary. But that grandmother had more faith than I ever had. I was not there trying to teaching them and by saying that, listen to me, this is important. I was there to learn from them. A missionary stopped the learning from the native, native people. He cannot bring the gospel and effectively. One question that I have, is this book precious to you? Do you read it? There's no greater resource than the Word of God. It's what disciples our hearts best. Thank you all for being here. Would you join me in expressing your appreciation? Just remain standing for a second before you sit down. Brad's going to pray for the, mm -hmm. for the folks who are here as well as those who are out there. Let's just stand in this attitude of prayer before our living God. Uh, just before I pray, I wanted to mention that we, uh, uh, several elders, and my wife and I traveled to visit some of our mission partners in other difficult places of the world who weren't able to be here today. And in every case, their planning and their preoccupation, their thoughts were how do we reach unreached people for Christ? 
and how do we disciple them into the church? And I thought, huh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing here at Sherwood Oaks too. We're all on the same team. Let's pray together. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.